Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the O.R. Canfield Show, the Awaken to Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, Matthew John is back with us today for the Spring Summer 2021 series. And today we're talking about knowing your past lives to assist in ascension. So some of what we're going to discuss is how to know, see, experience your past lives, how your soul accumulates and heals from karma, how to know what your life lessons are in this lifetime, why illness, accidents, and relationship trauma occurs, and how to discover your unique path to ascension based on your past life karma. And of course, so much more. Matthew's also going to do um, one or two past life readings, mini past life readings. It's not a full session, mini past life readings. So you can raise your hand um, for, for Matthew to work with you. Um, so let me see. For those of you who don't know Matthew, he has he was on our show last season for the first time. He had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. He is an internationally recognized spiritual teacher, a spiritual medium, spiritual mentor, psychic, intuitive healer, starseed guide, energy healer, and medical intuitive. He works with angels, archangels, and ascended masters. He is a gifted intuitive, wisdom channeler, and transmitter of healing frequencies. So all that and so much more. I'm so glad that you're back with us, Matthew. And I know it's going to be a fun, fun, fun call, but not just fun. It's going to be very informational. We're going to get a lot of information from you today. So I'm so excited. So welcome back to the show. So glad you're here. Yes. Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited to be here. So, uh, I, I love this platform. Thank you. So um, Matthew, because you were here before, you don't need to go through the whole spiel of doing your introduction, but I'm so excited to talk about past lives, past life regressions, how it can help with ascension. I've been doing so much around this myself lately. And it's like, it's, it's interesting how I'm seeing this pop up with other teachers, you know, talking about past lives, talking about ascension, talking about regressions and so on. It's like, hmm, everyone is like talking about this at this moment. So it's really relevant. I'm so, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk to us about this and share your experiences and your wisdom. So where do you want to start? Yeah, I guess I'll start with um, kind of why I've uh, really throughout my career had a fascination with past lives and why it's such a, a real inter integral part of my work that I do with clients and, and just my work in general uh, with my content. Uh, so I, I had an experience um, way, way back. I might have uh, shared it briefly on our last call, but it was really kind of my introduction into this world of spirituality and you know before then I was pretty much an atheist but I had an experience with psychedelic mushrooms where I was let out just randomly to a clearing and I laid down and and I was shown all of these in the trees above me the the leaves each little um kind of uh you know square on the on the leaves each little point on the leaves became an aspect of me from this life, from other lifetimes. I saw all these aspects and different faces of me. And it was at that moment that I knew for sure I had the actual experience of being a multidimensional being and realizing that this, you know, coming from Matthew, the way that I see the world through my eyes and my glasses is just one point of view of many that my soul or my, the totality of my consciousness experiences. And I had another uh, experience way back over a de decade ago with another psychedelic um, where I looked into the mirror and saw my face change into all sorts of different people, uh, a black woman, a Native American man, uh, a Chinese man, um, a tall white man, uh, a woman, 
all sorts of different faces. And again, that was another real experience that I had that made me know for sure that this is just one point of awareness and there's so much more and past lives are a very real thing. And I got very fascinated with past lives uh, later on as well, but I did a past life regression um, very early on. This was over a decade ago where actually I just kind of randomly, I, again, I was still at the very beginning stages of kind of just exploring all this, exploring things like Reiki and tarot and life coaching and all sorts of uh, crystals, you know? Um, so I just saw an ad somewhere for a past life regression locally. And, and I was like, oh, what the hell? 200 bucks, I went in and wow, what an experience. I, um, I was taken to some pretty dark and um, difficult things to see, which for better or worse is, is something that people you know, often experience in past lives is experiencing past lives that weren't the greatest. And, and we can you know, gather from those experiences in other lifetimes when we experience really bad trauma how that relates to this life and the traumas that we experience in this life. But I saw myself being a, a young boy in a village in Mongolia, uh, like three years old. And I saw these people come in on horses and just burn everything and, and kill everyone. And I mean, incredibly traumatic uh, to see that from, you know, as a three-year-old, my mother was killed, my father was killed. I saw that. I saw myself being in in France in somewhere in uh, the 1600s or the 1500s, being dragged out of my home because I was a political dissident. I was I was on the streets handing out flyers about the king or something, and they dragged me from my home and publicly executed me by in in a public square with you know with the guillotine. And, I mean, you know, this, this is the type of trauma we're talking about. I've seen the end of, end of Lemuria and, and, you know, the, the floodwaters coming in and drowning. I've seen myself uh, when I, uh, my soul was playing this gangster Italian guy in New Jersey getting shot in the back of the head. And that's how that life ended. Um, and <laughs> I'd also saw um, over the years when I've done some other uh, journey on my own, I have seen some good lives. I, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've seen uh, uh, some pretty cool Lemurian, um, you know, experiences, especially skills and, and uh, you know, some of the things that I'm kind of drawing back into my experience here in 2021 is Matthew, you know, but a lot more enhanced things like telepathy and levitation and um, and heal, instant healing and things like that. I definitely, you know, my soul played a character that did that sort of stuff in Lemuria. But this, you know, doing a past life regression very early on opened myself up to, wow, that all this stuff. And like, I'm someone who throughout my life, for example, has had a lot of issues with my head. Um, I got hit in the head a lot in sports when I was younger. Uh, and I've, I've had neurological issues throughout my life. And I can see how that, directly relates to, you know, two deaths I experienced in my past lives that were directly to the head. Okay. Right. And other people, whatever body part you tend to have most issues with, you can, you can be pretty sure that there's past lives where you were shot there, or you were, you know, a knife or, or who knows something happened. Even sometimes birthmarks, people mm -hmm. have birthmarks on their body. And, um, you know, like, like Alara, I always know it's like there's, you know, there's this kind of indentation yeah. on forehead. Yeah. 
and yeah. you wonder that had to come from a past life something had yeah because happen. nothing happened here that i know right. of. <laughs> yeah yeah the the body tends to just like even though we're in a totally new body yeah. we tend to somehow show signs of that so whatever weakness you have you can be sure there was something in a past life that was related to that um and then what really also got me even more fascinated with this whole thing was um when i went to brazil and and my life really was great and then it wasn't because some mm -hmm. weird things happened and and uh it led me in a totally different direction that i wasn't hoping for wasn't anticipating and um i found a book when i was down there called your soul's plan by robert schwartz mm -hmm. and i really I read the book cover to cover in about a week because I was so fascinated by it. And I was like, wow, really, literally everything that happens and it's happening in my life, everything that happens in everyone's life, it relates to the life plan. It relates to what the soul is choosing beforehand for this life to be about. And it relates to what happened in past lives. There's always a reason. So it, it, it was one of the most helpful books I ever read in my life because I was going through such a deep deep dark night of the soul i was mm -hmm. i was pretty much suicidal and um to understand really that wow this experience of mine is for a reason like my soul really planned this out i didn't i didn't like go off path because that's and that's one of the things that i i hear most commonly like one of the most common questions i get asked by clients is like am i off path like mm -hmm am I off of what my soul intended for me? And I've been wrestling with that question for years and years and years, ever since I thought that I got off path. And I do believe that, yes, you can get off path, but even if you get off path, your soul knows that that's a, a potential path. What it is, I believe that there's multiple paths that your soul lays out for you. The soul kind of hopes you choose the higher path, but if you choose one of the alternative or the quote unquote lower timelines or lower paths that's okay too you just may take a different route to the same destination so we're always going to the same destination anyways which is evolution and the evolution has to do with karmic healing it has to do with um all of the the stuff the baggage that we carry in from other lifetimes whether it's um that we did harm to others in other lifetimes we did harm to ourselves in other lifetimes we caused harm in any way, whether we intended it or not, that can build karma. And then we have to somehow balance that out in other lifetimes. And here in this earth game, we're in this constant process of creating karma and then having to heal it. And sometimes even in the process of healing the karma, we unintentionally create new karma. And it's this boomerang effect. In one life, you create the karma and another life, it comes back to you. Sometimes it comes back in the same life. And the soul, our souls create the life plans around the, the um, necessity of healing this karma. But not only that, our souls create lives around the desire to experience all sorts of different emotions and all sorts of different experiences. It's almost like this earth game that we're playing is like a Shakespearean play. And in a Shakespearean play, you're going to see every possible theme you can imagine. You're going to see triumph and defeat. You're going to see wealth and, and you're going to see destitution. You know, you're going to see pleasure and you're going to see pain. And that's exact. You're going to see comedy and tragedy. And that's exactly what the soul being in this earth container wants to experience. And that's why the, the soul will end up having hundreds and hundreds 
of these lifetimes, all many in different parts of the timeline. Some even you can have, it's possible to have more than one incarnation in the same part of the timeline. Um, but the soul wants to experience hundreds and hundreds of bodies. And from a quantum standpoint, like I saw in uh, that psychedelic experience that I shared in the beginning, um, it's all happening at once. And everything that's happening in your life is affecting your past lives and everything that's happening in your past lives is happening in your current life. That's from a quantum perspective. But what happens if you just select one point of awareness? So you, Alara, and everyone, you're in Alara's body. And yeah. so that's your point of awareness for this entire life. The only time that point of awareness can, well, actually it doesn't change. I was going to say during dream time, it kind of changes, but it's still not. It's just, a, it's your astral self. It's like a Lara A, so to mm -hmm. speak. When I go to sleep and I dream, it's like Matthew A, you know, instead of Matthew. But so you choose a point of awareness for an entire life. And then it's like, you're, you're selecting, imagine like a tree, like was shown to me in that mushroom trip of all these lives branched out, but your soul being in the middle and all these <laughs> life's branched out and there's hundreds and hundreds of branches you pick that one for one for one point of awareness and then if you spread it out you now spread it out into something linear and that's the life plan and then you can see the soul is always watching and it's always the present time for the soul from a quantum sense and watching okay here's matthew he's at you know in 2021 age 34 these are all the possibilities this is what um, we wanted him to do. Let's see where he's at. Um, and there, this is what's ahead. This is what's ahead. This relationship and this event, this positive event, this negative event, all this is ahead on the life plan in order for him. Let's see if him, the character, can do what he needs to do to balance his karma from other lifetimes, to step into his service mission and step into his ascension. Because that's one of the things that all of us on this call most likely are in what's called the ascension lifetime which mm -hmm. is very different than most of the other lifetimes we live um, on earth in our quote-unquote past lives a lot of those past lives are for experience like i'd shared before the soul wants to experience all sides of everything and, and every different possible theme like in a shakespearean play right or the soul is doing that but also balancing karma from other lifetimes okay mm -hmm. there's what's called soul contracts between specific soul so you and your partner you and your mother you and your brother there's a specific soul contract because what happened was in a past life something happened your relationship was a certain way and that will uh, create the karma that's in the contract and then in this lifetime the contract will say okay does more karma get built or does the karma get resolved or is there an option a lot of times it's kind of left up to the free will of the beings involved as to how far they get along in resolving that or not so so many of those lifetimes that most of the lifetimes are about experience and about balancing out karma this ascension lifetime is a little bit different because it's about experience and balancing out karma but we're really what we're really meant to do is balance out all of the karma from past lives in this life all of it yeah. and step into the the merkaba or the ascension body which is it's the next level of our soul's evolution and it's when we're actually merging to, back with the planetary consciousness itself so this is what we talk about when we're moving from quote-unquote 3d to 5d is we're merging back with the planetary consciousness meaning we're becoming a conscious part of the unified field which means that see in, in other lives the the way that the law of karma works is that we 
through our hundreds of lifetimes on Earth or more, and and even like we this can expand out to lifetimes anywhere else in the universe or the multiverse. Uh, the way that we kind of learn that it's not a good idea to hurt others or to hurt ourselves is through karmic backlash. Okay, because when something you do that hurts someone else, eventually it's going to come back to you, whether it's in this life or another life. Mm-hmm. But when you start to actually ascend and merge with the planetary consciousness, you're becoming a literal part of the unified field. So you're becoming connected with every person on a real, on a real level. And because of that, you will actually feel, it will feel that it's no longer even possible to hurt others or to hurt oneself. And that's where we're going. And that's how the ascension happens on a, pla- on a planetary scale. Because on this planet, we're still at a point of people hurting each other. There's crime everywhere. There's horrible regimes like China and North Korea. There's injustice everywhere. There's human slavery still going on. There, we're living on a planet that's still steeped in darkness. And this darkness, um, the, the people that are involved in the darkness, they're not feeling immediate repercussions of their actions. They might feel it in the next lifetime. Okay, so there's not that incentive to let go of the darkness and step into the light. But when their their ascension process starts to be activated, and that's something that their soul, I, I do believe their soul decides when they'll step into that ascension lifetime because the soul will set up the specific circumstances that will be the best case scenario for that being to actually with their conscious free will decide to get on the ascension path and step away from the darkness that they will uh the the incentive then becomes i i don't want to ever hurt another animal i don't want to i don't want to even hurt a tree i don't want to hurt anything because i feel that i am the tree i am the other person i am this animal right so you can see how that that's what's a little different about the ascension lifetime that's where a lot of us on this call are starting to head we're starting to head into that place of really actually being merged with the planetary consciousness and eventually we really just start to embody through the earth cell through the physical self our soul we start to actually have our soul be be what's behind this and speaking and seeing and thinking and all of us are getting there at our own pace. I'm certainly not there fully. I'm sure no one on this call is there fully. This is a lifelong process, okay? And so we all need to be very patient with ourselves. And just because we're in the essential lifetime doesn't mean that we're still not going to have karmic backlash from other lifetimes, or it doesn't mean that we're not going to still have karmas to settle with other souls, contracts to be worked out, because we likely will. Because all of this has to be worked out in this lifetime if we're going to ascend in the physical body during this time. So I have so much more to get into, but I just wanted to leave it to you if you wanted to, to oh, you know. There was, I, I had a question around karma. I thought, I heard somewhere at some point that recently we are no longer creating karma. Right, I, I have heard that before. Um, and I've tried to make sense of that myself. I don't think that makes sense. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I couldn't right. buy into it. I tried. It's like, I don't know. I just like, it doesn't, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting that. So I, I would agree. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense because I, it, it would mean that basically the kind of the, the cuffs are off and it's like, okay, everyone can just do their own with their free will. And we're not there yet as a planet where enough yeah 
percentage of the population is able to handle that and, to ab and able to act out of love for the sake of love and act out of kindness for the sake of kindness. Most of the planet's there, but there's so such darkness still that yeah. has a hold on this planet. I, yeah. I would agree. I don't think we're there. Now, what's interesting is um, there's a, a book that one of my favorite spiritual books, it's called um, Pleiadian Perspectives on Human Evolution. It's by Amora Kuan Yin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you I, have have, it? <laughs> I was going to say, I have a book on Pleiadian Perspectives, but no, not that one. I have I have Pleiadian Initiations of the Light. Yeah. For oh, I don't even know that one. Different one. It's from Christine Day. It's the one that I have. Oh, I have seen that. I've seen that book. I've heard good <laughs> things. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah, yeah. great. Um, so in this, Creating Perspectives on, on Human Evolution, it's a channeled book. And what it does, it recounts um, the, the seeding of our solar system from Venus to Mars to Maldek and then to Earth. Because supposedly, Earth was kind of the last bastion, the last place where life humanoid life was seeded but first it was venus and mars and maldek and for those of you who don't know about maldek in astrology maldek is chiron which is the asteroid belt so maldek, maldek is uh, a, a planet that used to exist between mars and jupiter and um it, it's between mars and jupiter right I, okay yeah that's i i, I forget if it's between i'm 99.99% sure it's between Mars and Jupiter, not between Earth and Mars. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, it was a planet that uh, blew up. It was a planet that blew up due to likely a nuclear war, which is what was is told in this Pleiadian Perspectives on Human Evolution book. Um, but it's interesting because it, it explains um, through, you know, storytelling, how like at the end of cycles, at the end of either 26,000 year cycles, which we're at the ending and a new beginning of a 26,000 year astrological cycle. At the end of these 26,000 year cycles, or even they had smaller, like 5,500 year cycles, the, the rules would change. So basically like a planet like Venus was basically this laboratory experiment um, initiated by the Pleiadians to create life and see how they would do on Venus. And if they, uh, and the rules would initially be set into place to make sure that life uh, kind of went in, in a positive direction. For example, um, you know, you're not allowed to uh, have, you know, uh, weapons or you're not allowed to hurt each other or and sometimes they they would leave it where they would have no rules at all for a 26,000 year cycle, whether it be on Mars or, or Venus, and they would just see what happens. And oftentimes it would end up where society had broken into different parts and were holding each other hostage and attacking one another and harming one another. There was no sense of unity. There was a sense of unity amongst community, but there was a separation. For example, in Venus, um, the if you think about what, you know, what are the qualities of Venus in astrology? It's about love, sex, money, uh, makeup, um, luxury goods, right? It's Taurus, right? Well, um, what happened on Venus was the beautiful people basically told the ugly people that they had to go live in their own community because they wanted to keep the genetics pure and they were embarrassed that some of them didn't look beautiful well what happened was the ugly people just started interbreeding ugly people started interbreeding and you know had all sorts of weird genetic issues and then they um started fighting with one another and then they come back and and they were told that they had to welcome them back into the 
communities at the end of the 26,000 year cycle, because basically they had failed this spiritual lesson of inclusion. And so it's really interesting to read this book, but basically the rules change. The Pleiadians would change the rules at the end of and beginning of each cycle. So it's interesting to think of what are the rules here on earth. And I believe there really aren't any besides potentially, I do believe that we're not allowed to use nuclear weapons anymore after um, World War II, mm-hmm. at least on other societies, because there's been interesting accounts, both channeled and from insiders talking about like that they've tried to start World War Three, and it just the nuclear codes have been disabled or the, the missiles have been disabled. And I do believe that. But I think other than that, I don't think there are any rules. And I think that we're left to our own accord. Uh, our own free will as a planet and it's not just us it's us it's the inner earth people it's the draconian reptilian beings it's the the pleiadians that are here and we're all just it's this one big free will laboratory experiment to see if we can ascend through darkness to see if we can overcome darkness which is why i i don't really believe it when people you know there's these channeled accounts like especially during in the U.S. during the whole Trump era, where that whole QAnon thing came about, and people were think were believing it and saying, "Oh yeah, the White Hats are taking over and everything's great," and you know that's mm-hmm. it, ascension's happening, and it's just none of it ever happened, obviously. And I just don't think it happens that way because that would be infringing on the free will of the planet, and that's not something they do. They were we're left here as this laboratory experiment to see if we can ascend. What we do get is we get uh, channelings coming through, we get frequencies coming into the planet. So they don't they don't intervene on a physical level necessarily, except maybe the exception of the nuclear weapons, but they do send us frequencies mm-hmm. and they send us channelings and they help to activate, right? And as, as our, uh, our solar system is entering into this photon belt, you know, every day that goes by, we're, we're closer and closer to the galactic center. We're also naturally getting that frequency from the sun. It's basically the, the galactic center of the galactic sun is kind of routing that frequency through our sun, which helps to precipitate the uh, spiritual awakenings and the activations of the starseeds, which everyone on this call is likely a starseed or mm-hmm. most people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a lot that is happening and a lot more and more and more people are waking up, more and more people are on the ascension path, even if they don't even know it, you know, but just by... Exactly. They're yeah. changing their habits. They're changing the way they think. They're changing yeah. the way they're reacting and the choices that they're making. Yeah. yeah. And the exci- one of the exciting things is if, you know, if you think about right now in 2021, how many people are interested in this sort of material like that we're presenting today? Well, not that many, but a hell of a lot more than in 2011 yeah. and a hell of a lot more than in 2001 or 1991. Okay. Yeah, so we sure. can see how the interest is growing and we can see how um, just the mainstream, like, you know, uh, 20 years ago, you didn't see now, like every other corporate commercial for Citibank or for, um, for who knows what has yoga in it. They mm-hmm. all, the companies love yoga. Now they love yoga. 20 years ago, you never saw yoga in ads on TV because it was still crazy people What yeah. crazy people do right now. Yoga is what everyone does. Right. And we can see that same with meditation. Meditation has become very mainstream, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now aliens are starting to become mainstream. 20 <laughs> years ago, if you believed in aliens, you were crazy. Now, oh, there actually are aliens. Wow, okay, interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so- I, I didn't hear about aliens until like, or since 
well, around two, between 2005 and 2010. That was the first time I ever, because I was having a session with somebody and she said, oh, I see two Pleiadians just hovering, just watching, just watching, listening. And I'm like, who, 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 who's that? <laughs> you know, I was like, I had no idea, right? Yeah, is, so, is, that, is that a band, the Pleiadians? <laughs> I had no idea, right? What kind of music is that? And then yeah, I, no. I had my, I'll just share really quickly. I had my first past life regression in 2010. And I was just recently reading up on that, that regression and all the information that came through. And since then, of course, I've had many past life journeys. I've, I've facilitated many past life journeys as well. And it's, it's, you know, we are not, we're not all Cleopatra. <laughs> I'll be honest. We are not all Cleopatra. Oh right? yeah. That's, that's another interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've all experienced different things, you know, um, so like, you know, how you were mentioning about um, physical things, right? So my, my neck has always been sore and, you know, forever. And in one of my past uh, life regressions, I saw that I, you know, my head was chopped off, you know, in, in the guillotine yeah, that you were talking too. about. Yeah. And it was a, it, it was a public that execution. We both had that happen. Yeah, yeah, it was a public <laughs> execution. Another time I was hanged for the same sort of thing, speaking my truth, speaking <laughs> yeah, my mind, exactly. speaking my truth, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's, it's, I, that explains it, you know, that explains that. And it then does. That just, explains through another yeah. healing, I found out that my left side was all burnt, you know, and some, and which is funny from, it's coming back to me now. It's like, oh yeah, because my left side, there's always something going on with some part of my body on the left side. Right. So I was like, yeah. okay, hmm, interesting. So all these things, you know, they will, sometimes they will just spontaneously come up for you. I remember going, I was in India. We were, uh, I, I must've been in a car, but I remember driving I was a passenger, of course, and I'm just looking out and I've got like a deja vu. Like I have been here before in a much a, a different timeline, you know, because totally different timeline. I just had that feeling. And, you know, so sometimes we will get that information just on our own. But other times, how can we how can we know, see or experience our past lives? I mean, I do it very frequently and I've done many, many for myself and for others. I just did to last week, I, I had a past life uh, regression last week of my own, another one, you know, so it's like, it's like, it's, it's something that is actually helpful and um, uh, practical for yourself. And, you know, there's, you can get a lot of answers. It's not just curiosity, but it can help it's you on your just, life path. Yeah, it, it is both curiosity, but it's also very functional. And I, in my past life regressions, which people can, if they're interested, they can absolutely work with me and we're doing a special offer. Uh, where they can get a big discount on a past life regression as far as some other stuff as well as, as, well as some other stuff too um but uh in my past life regressions what i'm doing is uh not only are you going to go into uh, several lives and you're going to experience a, a new point of awareness you're going to literally experience yourself as another person how cool is that uh and see everything that happens and I'm going to share some examples of some people's past life regressions too, as well, just mm -hmm. so you can kind of get a sense of what it's like. Um, but uh, not only that, uh, we go to what I call the space between lives mm -hmm. and the space between lives. Uh, for most people, it kind of looks like a void. It's mm -hmm. just a void and it's a very peaceful void. And from there, what we do, we literally get in touch with what the soul had planned for that particular lifetime, why the soul had planned it, what karma, was being balanced from other lifetimes and also why you're being shown it because what karma relates to your current life. I always find that 100% of the time, the lives 
that uh, you know people end up being taken to on these past life regressions, it always relates very, very closely to something they're going through right now or a theme that has been dogging them for their entire lives. And so we get to see exactly, and we also look at the soul contracts and what souls do you recognize from your current life that were there in this past life that we just visited. So uh, it really gives you, it, it's honestly one of my two favorite things that I do in my work. The other would be the star seed discovery session. And I do so much. The past life regressions, whenever a client, I get excited anyways, work with, with clients, but when a client schedules a past life regression, I'm really excited. I'm like, yes, this is going to be fun. And, and amazing some of the stuff that we see there's so many possibilities i've had several clients that um because you you do end up experiencing or witnessing the death which is an interesting experience i know it sounds scary if you've never done a past life regression and it's okay to be a little bit apprehensive about it but it's honestly to witness the death of yourself leaving another body you realize with a hundred percent surety that there is life after death and, and this is just a temporary experience. It really can help you overcome the fear of death in your own life, to see it in another life and to see that you actually go somewhere, yeah. that you actually go to an afterlife and you can see what that afterlife is like. Is like. So I've had people who we've been able to see really exactly what their afterlife experience looks like. Sometimes you know, it's an astral plane where they kind of live out some things that they didn't get to do in, in the physical lifetime. Sometimes it's just kind of this uh, space and village where they're learning. They're all learning with one another and they're going to different classes and things like that. Sometimes, and this, I know this sounds a little creepy, but, you know, wouldn't it be cool to know if this ever happened to you? Sometimes people don't go to the light and sometimes they stay earthbound as a ghost. And I've done several past life regressions where we've seen that after the death, uh, the person stayed as a ghost. I'm actually going to share a particular example here in a moment. Um, and then there's the possibility of walk-ins. Mm -hmm. There's the possibility that uh, the soul that you were from age zero to nine isn't the same soul from nine to 80. Um, there's the possibility of souls trading fragments there's a, it, it's weird. It's, it's almost like, uh, making a, you know, a football trade where it's like, okay, Arsenal's trading this guy to, uh, you know, to wherever else Chelsea for this guy, the souls are trading experiences as like a part of a contract to the soul says, okay, I want to have this experience and this experience all in this one lifetime. So I'm going to have this experience in this person for this amount of time and then we're going to switch and I'm going to have this experience for the rest of their time that can happen um you know it's possible that uh and a lot of this work I do not only in the past life regressions but also in the soul plan readings which also if you purchase one of the past life regression packages you get a soul plan reading as well we'll find out if there's more than one soul working through you which is possible we can find out where your soul is from in the stars we can find out um if you've been had a you suspect you've been a walk-in or whatever things like that so it's cool there's so and the, the other one of the other weird things is there's a possibility of being in different timelines uh because i do believe that this experience that you and i are all sharing and this the collective experience of the 7.8 billion or more beings on this planet is simply one timeline mm -hmm. 
and I believe there it's very possible that there are multiple timelines uh, where things are happening slightly differently. Yeah. And I believe that there's evidence of that. Well, it's hard to say it's concrete evidence, but I think the closest we can have to concrete evidence of the existence of multiple timelines is the phenomenon of the, uh, what's it called? The, not the Morgan Freeman effect, the Mandela effect. Morgan Freeman played Nelson Mandela. It, it actually, I wasn't, I know I'm very jokey. I actually wasn't intending to make that joke. My brain just couldn't find Nelson Mandela's name for a second. So I went to, oh, who played him in the movies? Morgan mm -hmm. Freeman. <laughs> and then my brain said, oh yeah, Morgan Freeman. Okay, Nelson Mandela, yeah. The Mandela effect, which is basically the idea that, for those of you who aren't aware, um, that many, many people um, had like millions and millions of people around the world after Nelson Mandela died in what, 2005, 2006? I don't, someone mm -hmm. please type in the chat if you know what year Nelson Mandela passed away. Uh, but so many people after he passed away were surprised that he, to hear that he passed away because they believed that they remember him dying in prison in the 1990s. And it was the, that's why it's called the Mandela effect because either it was a collective delusion that people remember uh, him dying in 1991, 1991 or 1993, or it, it's evidence of timelines, multiple timelines. 2013, I was way off. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, and there's all, it, it's cool. If you have some time, go on YouTube and watch some videos of the Mandela effect um, or, you know, go on Google and type in the Mandela effect. And there's a lot of weird things. Like, do you remember Looney Tunes as L-O-O-N-E-Y or L-U-N-E-Y? Like everyone remembers it, including me as Looney, L-O-O-N-E-Y. But it was actually, uh, oh, sorry. Loon, no, it's, it's the second word, Tunes. Was it Tunes, T-O-O-N-S or T-U-N-E-S? And I remember it being T-U-N-E-S and I think it's the opposite. There's things like that. Or did the Monopoly man have a monocle and everyone thinks, of course he did, but no, he actually didn't. And weird things like that, just like, uh, or the fruit of the loom logo that everyone remembers being this Capricorn that never actually existed, things like that. And it's pretty weird and you start to think about it, or that, that movie with Sinbad called Shazam that never actually existed. Um, it, it seems like, yeah, okay, maybe we are living in, multiple timelines and sometimes they merge but um let me share i want to share some uh, specific examples of of past life regressions for people because they can be pretty fascinating so i had a a student of mine um uh, we did we did two different lifetimes in his experience the first life uh he saw himself being an old man uh the long white beard kind of not fat but not too skinny not not too tall just kind of you know, medium size like myself uh, wearing an orange and gray robe, sandals in the mountains. And he sees himself in this Buddhist temple. And he's one of the oldest men in this, in this Buddhist temple here. And everyone around him is much younger and is bald, but he still has his hair. And he finds out he's a teacher. He's a Buddhist teacher, right? And he finds out that when he grew up, he grew up very poor. And he had decided to escape up to the mountains to uh, get away from this village and go up to the mountains and become a Buddhist and make his lifetime commitment. He had five siblings and he never saw them uh, after he ended up in the temple. Um, he never experienced love with a woman because he had joined the temple at such a young age. And he really, um, he, he saw his siblings being so attached 
to the material world and to the village, but yet he just being in this temple, he felt such peace every day walking outside, looking at the mountains that he never, uh, never had this desire to go back into the village ever again. He made a vow of poverty. He made a vow of celibacy. And at death, at his death, all the brothers around uh, him in the temple had basically opened a door, a portal for him to move through. He felt perfect peace leaving the body, right? And essentially, this was like one of the rare times in a past life, not that rare, but it's not as common in past life regression where someone sees a really, really enlightened lifetime. And this student of mine in this life, you know, he in his 20s, he had uh, partied a lot and just really um, kind of been very much obsessed with money in the material world. And he's started to get on this ascension path. And he, now he's become very much obsessed with spirituality and merging that with his experience and his, his career in the physical world to create a very healthy experience. And he gets up and he religiously meditates 20, 30 minutes a day in the morning. So it's really interesting for him to be able to see that he had done that before. And that's one of the reasons that he had uh, experienced this call and also that he had taken a vow of celibacy because then the next life that we saw him, he was this uh, Southern Italian man in his fifties wearing a white robe, living on an island in a big, big mansion. Uh, and he was trading wine. He was a merchant and he had women that worked with him in this uh, mansion and he could have sex with them whenever he wanted to but he never felt love. He really just almost felt a disdain for women, but just would have sex with them. Um, He's very happy, very angry, very lonely, didn't treat anyone well at all. There were male servants around and people that work with him and he would just treat them terribly and yell at them. And there was this orphan kid who was seven years old and it was the only person that had made him open up his heart and feel love because he felt bad for this kid, because I think he felt this resonance that this kid was lonely. Anyways, he ends up dying of a heart attack. And the only person that was there next to him was this kid, the orphan. It was the only person that he had made this connection with, right? right. And he was scared at first. He was very scared at death. And he remained stuck. He remained stuck um, as a ghost. And he uh, walked around his plantation. Um, walked around the things that he felt were important, like the business and the vineyards, right? Um, and he was so attached to everything in his life that he couldn't make the transition into the afterlife until he learned to deal with these emotions and he learned to let go. He learned that as a ghost, literally, he learned eventually that these things were meaningless, that the material things were meaningless. And he felt that regret for not opening his heart. He felt the regret for not treating people uh, with respect. And then he was able to go to the other side. And the lesson of this lifetime was what is the real meaning of abundance? He was looking for abundance in the wrong places. He was looking for abundance in material gain and in domination and in sex. And the only place where he actually found abundance was opening his heart to this orphan child and then when he was a ghost finally like just hanging around and watching the orphan child grow up and seeing that love uh feeling that love and realizing that true abundance is love and it's not material things or it's not power right 
And then for my, my student, it related directly to his experience of life in his teens and 20s when he was just obsessively um, wanting money mm -hmm. and wanting money and, and power and, and wanting to just, you know, find fulfillment in the material, but yet you can't. And so then we were able to see with my student that the intense dichotomy of those two lifetimes. And it's almost like there's chords between those two lifetimes as they're polar opposites of the same lesson. Mm -hmm. They're two sides of the pendulum of the same lesson. One is complete non-attachment as the monk and the vow of celibacy and what and poverty. And the other is this greed and this power and this desire for sex without attachment or love, right? And what, as the Buddhists teach and as Ram Das teaches, what is the solution? The solution is the middle road, mm -hmm. right? So in this life, in his ascension life, his, uh, what, you know, what his soul wants him to do is to find that middle road of, and, you know, he's someone who works very much in, you know, kind of the 3D world. He has a 3D career and he does very well financially, but he's been able to integrate the spirituality with the material world and become a very, very healthy person. And that's exactly what his soul is desiring. And that's why his soul had shown him those two lifetimes as, as this polar, this polarization. So this is the type of stuff that, you know, if, if you want to really know about your past lives, this is how uh, practical and, uh, and useful it really can be. And I'd love to also, um, I'd love to share uh, one other um, example as well, uh, if you don't mind, another mm -hmm. student of mine. Um, so uh, we also did two lives uh, here um, for her. First life, short-haired male with defined jaw, brown eyes, olive-toned skin, uh, was wearing a military uniform with dirty boots. Outside, it's muddy, it's cold, it's wet. There's gunfire, there's chaos, people running around. There's barbed wire. He's feeling confused. He doesn't want to be there. People are in pain. It's hard to breathe. He feels confused. There's the smell of death and of feces. He's running for some trees. There's landmines growing off. He feels complete regret being here. Why did he ever leave his family to go off to war? Why is he here? He just feels nothing but regret because he felt like he wasn't done living. He felt like this, this lifetime of his ended way too soon. And it turned out this was in World War I in France. He was a soldier. And before that experience, he had uh, been on a beach drinking, smoking. He worked on the land. He was very close to his mom. He rode horses. He was in love with a girl. And, but he wanted to serve his country. He wanted to go off to war. Um, the army was his excuse to leave to leave the influence of his mother and to go off and form his own life. But he never made it back, of course. He passed away at 28. And one of the, one of the aspects that the soul was balancing here was um, that in other lifetimes, the, the soul had experienced lives that the, the character was way too attached. The character was way too attached to um, their, their home, to, mm -hmm. their, to their mother. And he wanted in this life, the soul wanted to really break away and be their own. Again, it's like that other side of the complete other side of the pendulum going way too far. Well, yeah, he broke away and he ended up regretting and he ended up dead. Right. That was one aspect of it. Um, the other was that um, in other lifetimes, this soul had been very reckless in love, had 
had hurt others, had broken others' hearts. And in this lifetime, there was that commitment to this one woman, yet sadly, he never made it back to that woman. And then the other lifetime that uh, we did with this student here, um, she was a pretty girl um, wearing a gown, wearing sandals. She's putting herbs and rocks in her basket. She's collecting plants. She knows what all the plants and herbs are because her grandmother has taught her what all the plants and herbs are. She lives alone. Um, and there's this girl that's really jealous of her and she's 16. Well, what happened was she's living in her grandmother's cabin and her grandmother had passed away two years prior. So since 14, she's been living on her own. And this is somewhere in Europe, um, probably somewhere in the, between like 1200 and 1600. Oh yeah, we saw Italy in the 1500s or the 1600s. People are yelling at her. They're pounding, they're pounding at the door, yelling. They're calling her a witch. They're saying, we're a witch. You're a witch. Open up, you're a witch. They're afraid of her. They're standing there with pitchforks and they're in fear. They tie her up. They tie her up. They tell her that she's a witch. And what happened was this girl in town had been very jealous that there was this boy because she was very beautiful that liked her. Mm -hmm. And this girl wanted to uh, have this boy. So she told one of the pastors, one of the Christians in town that she's a witch. And they came and they tied her up and they uh, told her that she was making po poison, mm -hmm. that her potions were poison. She was poisoning people. And she's lying on a table. They're hitting her. They're throwing rocks at her. It's getting hot. There's smoke all around. She starts to feel hot and she starts to feel like she's being burned. And all of a sudden she's being burned and the, the spirit leaves the body and incredibly traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I thank my student for letting me share this story. Um, and this is something that a lot of us actually, especially a lot of us who consider ourselves pagans and witches like myself, um, we've had this happen in other lifetimes where, you know, we've had ourselves burnt um yeah and it's something i you know it's interesting because if you look on google and you you type in how many witches were burned it only says like tens of thousands i think i think it was way more and i think it was really underreported by the christian church <laughs> mm -hmm. because i i know a lot of people that in their past life regressions they've seen that happen and i just think it happened a lot more but anyways from a soul perspective, what it did, it created this throat chakra blockage yeah. that she had to deal with for, for so many other lifetimes. And in this being her, in her ascension lifetime, she needs to open that up. She's always had this fear, this fear of being authentic, of being a pagan or being a witch in this lifetime. She's had this fear of, you know, being looked at as crazy by people because she's doing energy, you know, she does energy healing, Reiki and all this. She's and she's been afraid to like make this into an actual spiritual business because of this past life trauma of being burned. And so many of us have that. So many of us have that inherent fear that it manifests in both our throat and in our solar plexus in this lifetime of becoming who we're meant to be. And so many of us on this call, like you and I, Alara, mm -hmm. are the pagans, the witches, the yeah. energy healers, the spiritual teachers, the new agers. And it, uh, there's fear of being judged. Yeah. There's fear of being persecuted. There's fear of being attacked. Um, many of us have had 
our, our platforms attacked even, um, you know, online. Um, I don't have a Facebook. I, well, I, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Right. Um, but it's, it's something that so many of us have to work through is that fear. And a lot of my students come to me with this exact fear, whether it's from being burned at a stake or whether it's from being like you and I hung or mm-hmm. guillotined for having political, uh, different political views than the establishment, right? Yeah. And we have to overcome in this lifetime that fear and be completely transparent and authentic in this life and be who we are, speak our truth, you know? And this is part of the ascension of the planet because if we don't speak our truth, then it doesn't have to be political. It can literally just be about God or about love or about life or whatever. But if we don't, then we are going down the path of further suppression, which is what we're trying to get out of because this Mm -hmm. is what the age of Pisces, the last 2000 years has been about. It's been about suppression of information, suppression of knowledge. And with the internet, now we're going into the age of Aquarius, the age of knowledge, the age of the the dissemination of knowledge to everyone, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I just wanted to share those are some examples of what you might get if you do a past life regression in the two hour past life regression you're going to get to go to two lifetimes like if you're you're most likely two sometimes one if it's a really really we go really in depth one sometimes three if we move a little bit more quickly and we go to the space between lives and you'll have absolutely understand by the end why you had certain issues difficulties in this current lifetime yeah. Oh, it's, it's really, really useful. It's really helpful. It's really useful. It's really eye-opening. Um, and, you know, and even, like I said, years later, you can see <laughs> the, uh, it's still relevant. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. It's like, wow. I remember now the, uh, all that information and I can definitely see how it has affected my life. It has changed my life. It has helped me to be who I am, knowing number one that i live again and that i have yeah. i have lived so many times um you no know 100 for sure when you do this oh yeah. there's no question again you know <laughs> there's no question and also that, that that we are here for a reason you know like yeah. we are here to experience certain things um some things are written down to be experienced others are our choices but even the choices that we make you know some of them are based on our karma from the past you know it is and, and one of the interesting phenomenons that I see uh, that these past life regressions and the soul plan readings I do has really helped me to discover and to understand is that think about, think about the characters in your life that have caused you the most difficulty. Mm-hmm. Think about the characters in your life that you judge the most. And a lot of times this will be your mom, it'll be your sister, it'll be your ex-boyfriend, it'll be, you know, family, usually family or partners is the most common. Sometimes it's people in the outside world as well, celebrities or whatever. But think about especially the family members that you've judged the most. You've been that person, not that exact person, but you've been the the same type of person in another lifetime. Like I'll give an example of a student of mine. I don't have a whole um, recollection here, just just, uh, basically. Um, Another student of mine in a past life, they were kind of like I was in a past life. They were uh, an Italian gangster uh, and their heart was very closed. They were cold. They used people. Um, you know, if you ever watch The Sopranos, it's kind of how they were like, right? Uh, the, you know, the women would come and they could have sex with them, whatever. They would just sit around, smoke cigars, gamble, and they would commit crimes, right? 
And basically, you know, he, he was young, you know, in that life, he was young, he was good looking, uh, he was charming, and he would basically use women. And in this life, this student of mine, she had had so many men use her mm-hmm. um, and just play with her heart, be narcissist, not be authentic. And it was really enlightening for her to be able to see that, oh, in another lifetime, my soul did the same thing. And it helped her to have compassion for people out there who are like that. It's not right. It's something that we're actively working on getting off of this planet, you know, narcissism. But my student was able to see that, wow, that was me in a sense in another lifetime too. And it helps her to be able to to move on from that karma and to then draw in actually healthy relationships with healthy men who are very good people and have very open hearts, you know. So whoever you were, whoever you see, like, you know, like my mom is my best friend, but her and I have had our issues over the years and we continue to once in a while. And there's a lot of chords and karma from past lives and in a past life she had uh played a a woman who was her soul was a woman who was kind of mentally unstable and just super controlling and she i was her son in that lifetime as well and she literally kept me like locked up Mm. in a basement it was really really messed up and in this life she's been the best mom anyone could ever ask for Mm -hmm. she's she let me do whatever the hell i wanted when i was a kid when i was a teenager my whole life no rules (laughs) kind of like a a, an age of aquarius uh new age mom you know when when she was giving birth to me she was listening to these like dolphin tones or whatever Mm -hmm. on her her walkman like she kind of knew she was bringing in like a crystal child right nice but the polarization between the way that she parented in this yeah. life and that life. And just me, even though honestly, I couldn't ask for a better mom, my whole life, I've had this, this inclination to accuse her of trying to keep me down mm-hmm. or, or, or being overbearing or trying to force me to do something. And it's most of the time it's just illusion. And it's just this part of me that remembers the past life experience. And what happens is your relationship with those very close people in your life, I'm talking family and I'm talking partners and ex-partners mostly. Mm-hmm. There's such a past life history that you will end up unknowingly, unconsciously acting out as you did in another lifetime. And you don't even know it. And what's really helpful is that when we do the soul plan readings and I can read for you what exactly happened between you and another soul in another lifetime. And you'll be like, oh my God, that's exactly why she's been acting that way towards me in this life and why I've been acting that way towards her and why we have that problem. It can help you to resolve the karma between you and that soul, which is one of the whole points of this experience and the past life regression as well you can see that in a past life regression oh my god this is what we were doing in this past life no wonder no wonder we've had this issue in this past life and in this current life and this is one of my favorite things to help people to discover 
Um, you know, the soul likes to, as I said, the soul likes to experience everything. And the soul likes to always play both sides of a contract. Mm -hmm. And this most commonly plays out in the cycle of abuse, where in uh, soul A and soul B, soul A makes a contract with soul B and says, okay, in this lifetime, I'm going to be your abuser. I'm going to be your boyfriend and I'm going to be horrible. I'm going to be an alcoholic and a narcissist. I'm going to, you know, abuse you and you, the, your life plan, you are just probably going to take the abuse because your soul, you know, your soul is wanting to experience what it's like to not be able to speak up to not be able to express oneself and not be able to have the courage to get out of a bad situation because that will set you that and the, the soul piece is because that will set me up for another life where we'll be back together again, where this time I will learn to have the courage. See, the soul always wants to create a situation where eventually with your own free will, you will choose the higher path. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the higher path is speaking your truth. Sometimes the higher, the higher path is apologizing or asking for forgiveness. Sometimes the higher path is becoming a healer rather than someone who hurts someone. Some, and, and for everyone, it, all these are relevant, you know, yeah. because all of us have played roles. We don't like to think about it, but it's true. All of us have played roles in other lives where we were hurt and also where we hurt others mm -hmm. because the soul wants to experience both sides of everything and all sides of everything. So soul B says, okay, this is what I, is going to be best for me. It's not going to be comfortable. And I appreciate you soul A for being courageous with me. And I'm going to be courageous. We're going to play out the soul contract. It's not going to be comfortable on earth, but we're going to play it out because it'll lead us where we need to go. Okay. So that happens. Then, then in another lifetime, okay, now we're in this other lifetime here. This time you're going to be, uh, this time I'm going to do for you what you did for me. I'm going to be the one that abuses you and holds you down and is narcissistic towards you. And soul A says, great, I experienced doing that. Now I want to experience what it feels like so I can have that karmic balance, okay? Then they play that out, great. Then in a third lifetime, they say, okay, we've done both of those. Now this time, we got to teach each other to get out of bad situations. So soul A says, okay, I'm going to pair up with soul C and soul C, we're going to create a, a, a contract where you are abusing me and I say, I've had enough and I finally speak my truth and I get out and then I have healthy relationships the rest of my life. And soul B says, okay, I'm going to choose you soul D. Would you do this for me? Would you be my abuser? And then, so you see souls make contracts out of free will, but when the stuff happens on the earth, it still creates karma. So it's like, you're like volunteering as a soul when you do something that's when you're part of your soul contract is hurting another, you're volunteering to accumulate karma, knowing you're going to have to balance it out in another lifetime. But this is exactly what souls do for one another. Yeah. Souls want all souls want all souls to experience all experiences, and the souls that are most close to you in your soul group of twelve, these are the ones that you most that you mostly have these types of experiences with. There's also the monadic group of 144 mm -hmm. where you can have experiences with those souls, but those tend to be more of the quote unquote auxiliary characters, like maybe other ex-partners or friends. And not everyone is um, incarnated together all at once. Now, this does not mean that it's okay to ever hurt anyone. It's not, as we talked about earlier, 
there's no reason to once you start to merge with the planetary consciousness. However, if you've had someone in your past that has hurt you and you're at the level of forgiveness where you feel like you want to fully understand what's going on on a soul level, if we look into soul contracts, we would likely see that this is something that both souls agreed to because it would help to lead each soul down their particular path that they need to go down to, which eventually leads towards their enlightenment and ascension. So it doesn't excuse the bad behavior of this, of once you're here on earth, because yeah. no matter what, anything you do that hurts yourself, hurts an animal, hurts another being, hurts the planet, creates karma, creates negative karma. But it doesn't mean that sometimes it's not something that's pre-planned on a soul level because eventually it helps both souls to reach their ascension. Maybe, well, I was to say fast, but not faster, just at the pace that they're intending mm -hmm. to. So the way that this is all set up is it's from such a higher perspective and everything fits in exactly perfectly. There's three things that you take on when you're born in the human body. One, you take on your DNA, which is also the ancestral karma. So not only do you have to balance out karma from other lifetimes while you're in this body, you also have to balance out karma from your ancestors. So your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather. And if you go back, and once you go get back like five generations, it's into the thousands of people that we're talking about, right? Yeah. So you have that aspect and that comes through the DNA. And that's also where we see genetic deficiencies and weaknesses, uh, genetic propensities for disease, okay? I'm someone, as I, I shared, neurological issues have been a constant issue throughout my life. There's a genetic weakness in my lineage. My grandmother had horrible migraines, okay? Mm -hmm. There's clearly a genetic, genetic deficiency as well. Anyone, if you look at whatever issue has dogged you the most, there's likely not only was we set a past life, everything fits in perfectly like a puzzle. There was a past life issue that caused it. There's also an, a DNA issue that's caused. Now, it doesn't mean that you are necessarily um, a slave to your DNA. It doesn't mean that you can't overcome whatever genetic deficiencies or pro propensities you have in this life. In fact, that's part of your mission. Your mission is to overcome that because when you do, you're now sending that healing back through the DNA of your family lineage. You're sending that healing really back through time in a way, through linear time, okay, from mm -hmm. the quantum place. So you take on your ancestral DNA. You also take on your past life karma, like we've talked about pretty extensively, and you take on your astrology, okay? And I'm someone who I love astrology. It's a big part of my work. Your soul chooses the absolute uh, specific moment that you're going to be born. Why? Because of where the planets are in the sky, what your ascendant is going to be, mm -hmm. okay? What is your north node? What is your midheaven? All of that is very relevant. And the soul will choose the exact time because you're, you can, that's why you can look in your natal chart and you can see, oh, I have it like, okay, I got Saturn, you know, square Uranus here. Oh boy, I might have some pretty uh, interesting, unexpected events that caused me a lot of long-term trouble, for example, you know, or I've got Jupiter uh, trining my moon. I'm likely someone who is going to be very, very lucky, you know, in my endeavors, you know, whatever. You can see that the dispositions, positive or negative in your natal chart, 
because your soul has chosen that. Actually, there's a fourth thing your soul chooses, which is your name. Hmm. And we know the soul chose, chooses the name because if you break down the numbers in your, you know, the letters in your name to numbers, you, it's a part of your numerology. And just <laughs> like astrology, numerology forms a template of your predispositions in this lifetime. Okay, just like your palm also has lines that form predispositions in this lifetime or your irises or whatever. Uh, same with astrology, numerology. So your name, your exact time of birth, your exact location, your parents, mm -hmm. okay? This is all chosen by the soul. Where do you have free will? You know, it can, can kind of seem like I'm talking about, oh, we just never have free will, right? Well, that's not true. You do have the free will once you're in the, in the body, once you've taken on this template, you do have the free will to choose different paths. You can always yeah. choose a higher path where you're learning your lessons more quickly. You don't have to repeat lessons as much and you're more uh, aligned with the frequency of love. And you can also choose lower paths where you take longer to, uh, to go through your lessons and you might take kind of the scenic route. I've certainly felt like I've taken the scenic route at many times. <laughs> My life it doesn't mean you're off path it just means you're taking a different path to the same destination mm -hmm. wow wow oh my goodness that was so much information there yeah i know <laughs> um but yeah all so relevant right all so relevant and and that's that's what we we really wanted you to understand and hear about how useful these past life regressions past life readings really can be to yeah. to assist you on your path to give you clarity on, you know, what's going on with your life and, and also to get you out of judgment. It will then get you out of judgment once you have more awareness and more clarity about, you know, certain things that are going on in your life. And as we all know, the more that we can get out of judgment and be in allowance, the greater, you know, our vibration is, you know, our vibration will rise and we'll feel better and everything will be hunky-dory if only we can get rid of that judgment. But the thing is, it's like, you know, this is some serious stuff. And I, I, I know that there was something that, uh, Matthew, that you said that I wanted to qualify a little bit. And I think you already did that. It, like, even if you are in an abusive relationship, it does not mean that you're just, just stuck in it. You know, you can find the higher it, path. It, it, in fact, might be the opposite. It likely is where your lesson is to get out. Yeah. And then, and then not only once, see the ending, the, the end, the conclusion of the karmic cycle. So the karmic cycle works like this. We're creating karma. It's coming back. We're balancing it with another soul. It's creating karma and it's coming back. And we're just throwing this karma back and forth, right? Until the souls in the, this, the human body start to become more spiritually aware. Then they stop creating new karma. They may still have to balance out karma from their old lives, but they, once they balance out that karma, they then alchemize it into wisdom. And that wisdom gets shared somehow. And it, it could be that you become a spiritual teacher like myself. It could be that you become a, a therapist or a coach or whatever, and you help people. Or it could just mean that your friend is going through an abusive relationship and you're like, hey, this is what I went through look, look at what I did. I got out. It was the best thing I ever did. I feel better than ever before. I feel like I've done exactly what my souls wanted me to do. I feel free. Mm -hmm. You can do this too. Let me help you. You know, absolutely. That's the alchemy. So, uh, if, yeah, if, if like you're saying, just cause you're in an abusive relationship, it may be part of the soul contract, but there may be a next step in the soul contract. 
you may just be in the first part of the soul contract might be okay. We're balancing out this karma from other lifetimes. We're having this karmic experience of abuse where the next line might be, now you learn your lesson and you get out. And then you alchemize it in wisdom. You help others. You share your story with others in some way. And then you draw actual healthy, healthy relationships to yourself. You heal your solar plexus. You heal your throat chakra. And all of a sudden, you're just now experiencing healthy relationship, which is perhaps what is the whole Mm-hmm. the whole reason for all of this yeah absolutely healthy relationships with others healthy relationships with ourselves healthy relationships with spirit right all of that yes yeah, absolutely sometimes absolutely. we sometimes we don't have healthy relationships with spirit either just saying um yeah um, well what what's to you what what do you mean by that what's a healthy relationship with spirit well when you're when you are connecting to spirit talking to spirit making spirit part of your life right there 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 was a time at one point where i was mad at, at god so i was like i'm not talking to you i'm not talking to you right I so yeah <laughs> right but then i got over it and so it's all it's all good um but that that's what i mean by the unhealthy you know it's interesting um alara uh what in one of my courses that is a part of the special offer package it's called dissolving the ego mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite courses i've ever done and i get so much great feedback from it i do these 12 activations to dissolve different aspects of ego and you know these aren't just aspects of ego like narcissism or whatever but one of the aspects in particular is ending the war against God, ending mm-hmm. the illusion that one is separate from God, that God is out to get you. Because yeah. that's that's your ego, that it's one of the many kind of insane manifestations of ego is believing that life is out to get it. Yeah. And it's something that almost everyone either has right now on the planet or goes through at some point. So that's one of the things that we actually unravel in my dissolving the ego, but absolutely. And I would add to, you know, as far as having a healthy relationship with spirit, I, I absolutely feel that, yes, allowing yourself to be guided. Again, it's the pendulum because mm-hmm. on, on one hand, so many people just completely close themselves off to spirit and only use logic. And I'm mm-hmm. probably, I'm probably on this side, actually, I'm a very logical thinker. I'm very scientific. I know it's strange being myself being someone who's psychic and does the work I do, but I really tend to lean on logic a lot, which actually serves me very well in my work. Um, However, there's people that I work with that they're way too on the other side into illusion. (laughs) I've been, I, when I was in Brazil and I was involved in all sorts of weird spiritual stuff, I was way, way on, on the side of illusion and allowing myself to be guided, what I thought was authentic guidance, but was in fact illusion. Mm-hmm. And I work with a lot of clients here and there. I get people, students who they're way too much in illusion. We got to bring them back. Got to bring them back. So that, again, it's the middle road between logic. I do believe that as healthy beings, we should have a, a 50-50 uh, balance between the left brain and the right brain, Absolutely. which is a 50-50 balance between logic and intuition. Ideally, if you're going to make a choice, it should feel good intuitively and it should make sense then you know it's the right decision (laughs) very rarely will you need to make an intuitive decision that makes no logical sense it does happen once in a while but it just basically means that your brain hasn't caught up to the logic yet and then when you look back later to be like oh actually that did make sense Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but a lot of times people will go off of things that are don't make a whole lot of logical sense and they'll find themselves in fairy tale land um that's true 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, so and and part of that is about, you know, having balance in your life and being balanced with the body as well. And so, you know, I, I didn't mention having a good relationship with your body, but you, that is also necessary here. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You, know, you have yeah. to. Integrating mind with body, you know, yeah. are we ignoring our body in deference to the mind? It's definitely something uh, I've had to struggle with. I've struggled with my whole life as being up here all the time, mm -hmm. thinking, constantly thinking, analyzing, visualizing, fairy tailing in my mind while it's sometimes ignoring the physical vessel. And that's why for me, just like the, the thing that grounds me the most is going to the beach or going out in my yard and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and shooting, shooting with my lacrosse stick and just, or playing catch with a baseball with a friend, like anything that brings me into the physical, right? It's yeah. so important that we do that. We balance that out. You know, exercise is very important for us as spiritual beings eating, eating good food, eating good diet, enjoying the, the physical world. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to go and go to movies or, or go to the mall or whatever. A lot of us aren't into that anymore. I'm not, you know, but it can mean just going to a waterfall or going to a mountain or going to the beach or whatever. Absolutely. Or it could just mean going to a park with, you know, um, if you happen to live in a city, go to a park and just talk to people, observe people, be really in the physical, you know, when you can. Exactly. We need that balance between yeah. the body and mind as well um all right so i know that we want to talk a little bit about the special offer and then sure, i know yeah. you're going to do some readings as well so yeah, um yeah. i just want to share that really quickly with everyone um the special offer is available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash matthew seven i'm going to put the link in the chat and um for those of you who were here in, in march i think it was it's similar but there's some more added plus the yeah, past we, life regression. we added a couple courses and yeah. we were in in march we were doing the uh starseed discovery sessions yeah so for this one we're doing the past life regressions uh because this is the the theme of our show and these are as we've been talking about these are so good and so fun and so useful but uh, i'll just briefly go over what you get in the packages there's three levels the base package is just my courses, and these are all between 90 minutes and three hours. Some are video, some are audio, and they're on all sorts of different topics. We've got intro to candle and moon magic. We talked about being pagans and witches. If you want to learn uh, how to do white magic using uh, candles, using colors, using the moon, this is a great course for that. Healing with colors, using colors in your energy healing practice, whether you're a professional or just someone who wants to learn how to heal yourself or others better. The EFT emotional freedom technique tapping to heal the seven main chakras. This was a lot of fun for those of you who don't know tapping. It's a very, very simple method. Literally, it, it starts with this. This is how easy it is. You're just tapping different parts of your body. But as you tap different parts of your body, you're saying things to help uh, clear out uh, issues, traumas, diseases. You can help to manifest things. We did it for the chakras to help clear out past life energetic blockages. So it very much relates to our discussion today. All about angels, archangels, ascended masters, and spirit guides. You want to learn how to work closely with entities of the light in your spiritual work, whether you're a professional healer or not. This is really great for that. Change reality by changing your words, understanding how important our words can be and how we can manifest a better life through the way that we talk and write. Powerful visualization techniques for ascension. Learn to use your third eye two and a half hours of techniques 
with visualization to manifest things, to shield, to ground, to heal, whatever you want to heal within you. The human energy field 101, three hours of, um, of teaching with lots of diagrams and lots of visuals on the energetic anatomy of you. What are your chakras look like? What are your nadis look like? What are the acupuncture meridians? What is the minor chakra system? What is Kundalini energy? Much, much more. How to move on completely from your ex, which is great for people who are going through a breakup or decoupling right now, or who've just been through one, or you're still feeling hurt, or there's still pain from a relationship from the past, and you want to move on, or just you want to help someone else in your life move on from a relationship. Spiritual hygiene, cord cutting, and grounding 101 which is all about how to protect yourself spiritually, how to get anything nasty that you don't want out of your energy field, uh, how to send entities to the light, awakening the divine masculine, which is about how to use that left brain, how to use the divine masculine logical aspects to create a better life for yourself, how to eliminate the shadow masculine, creating the 5DU, which is basically we take an audit of our lives and we uh, see which areas of our lives are needing work and we uh, create consciously using visualization planning a new life you also get to do a mini future future self progression in that dissolving the ego which is the one i talked about 12 pillars of dissolving the ego and we do an activation for each of those mastering your intuition uh which is talking about discernment uh how to find your specific uh methods of how your body actually feels intuition and how to use tools like cards and dowsing tools as well. Putting the past in the past, which is another really powerful one with lots of uh, activations to help clear out karma. Uh, well, clear out the pain from, from karmas from the past um, to clear out heartbreak, especially to understand that there's no mistakes in life and to just allow yourself to step into a clear path where you feel that you're more free from the stuff from the past. Navigating the dark night of the soul. So many people feel like they're in a dark night of the soul right now how to get through it uh, gracefully, a deeper level of forgiveness, the five stages of forgiveness I teach uh, on a, from, this is from a very high spiritual level, the five stages of forgiveness and how to forgive anyone in your life, including yourself. You also get a guided meditation to meet your spirit guides and activate psychic gifts. You're gonna get a healing transmission called I love you regardless. So that's an over $500 value for just 155. There's two and three payment options available, super affordable. If you want to do of the private sessions with me, that'll be package B, which is 199. That's got the soul plan reading. So as I mentioned a little bit before, I'm going to connect with your guides. I'm going to connect with my guides. We're going to look into your soul contracts with others. We're going to look into what karma uh, is, uh, you know, active for you in this lifetime, what past lives are causing that karma. You're not going to see the past lives yourself. I'll be seeing them for you. If you want to know where you're from in the stars, if you want to know, um, what type of light work or indigo uh, you are. You want to know who your spirit guides are. You can ask any questions at all that you'd like. If you want to know what your future looks like, I can read all of this for you. And then um, package C has the, the courses, the soul plan reading, plus the past life regression. As I said, it's a two hour past life regression. Uh, and that's 333 for the, uh, the package C, which is the one I would definitely recommend for, for people if you're really interested in really diving in and Again, there's two and three payment options on everything. I tend to be pretty booked up, but uh, I do have availability in the second half of August. So if you were to jump in today, you could absolutely get these sessions in with me before the end of August. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. That was like bullets proof there. You know, yeah. just like go, go, yeah, go. It's a lot of stuff. It's over 35 hours of content in the courses. 
listen, it's a lot. I don't expect everyone to necessarily get through all of it. Um, I know Joseph got through, I think, almost all of it. Joseph's the man, but. <laughs> but you don't have to get through them in order to have the soul plan reading or. No, no, you don't. Not, not required at all. You could. Yeah, yeah exactly. You so, you can, so you can do it at your own pace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Joseph. So, but Joseph's leaving. <laughs> Yeah, it's late. Um, so for those of you who are interested, again, it is available at alara.at4 slash show four slash Matthew seven. And I, you know, I highly recommend getting package C as well, if you would like to really go deep into the past life regression. I think it's so useful, you know, yeah. but, you know, you'll, if you can't do package C, do package B, because you'll still get some information about your soul plan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. From, from Matthew. Okay. The, so, the difference is, yeah, in the reading, I'm channeling it through. The best is if package C because you get both. I'm going to be channeling through, and then we're going to be going into the yeah. past lives where you see them on your own, and you're likely will likely see different past lives in the past life regression than the ones that we saw in the in the soul plan reading. Because in reality, there's hundreds or thousands. Mm -hmm. So we're basically asking your higher self to just kind of show us what are the most significant ones that are really will help you understand who you are in this moment in this life. Uh, absolutely. So highly recommend it. Um, all right. So you were going to do a few quick yeah, mini, mini past life readings. Mini past life readings. So what I would like um, for, you know, as I said, we can do two or we'll see, we can maybe, maybe more, but um, yeah. what I'd like right. people to do, if, if they want a reading, pick a particular issue that is prevalent in your life now, or something that has been an issue in your life for a long time. And let me know what the issue is. And then I'm going to, I'll just close my eyes and be silent for a minute. And I'll see what visions I'm shown, what information I get as far as what the past life connections are to that. Yeah. All right. So um, we're going to go with Brenda first. Brenda, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Awesome. Hi, Brenda. Hi. So uh, yeah, what what uh, what issue would you like me to read uh, for you? Okay, so I have a thing where I'm really good at manifesting, but then it seems like um, I bring a lot in and then it just um, goes. Like, um, you know, it's it's either all going or um, it's it's uh, it's like uh, I keep giving out more than I'm bringing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I understand. In fact, that's something I can really resonate with in my own life is um, overspending and giving away just more than I have and having unexpected things that cause finance. I understand completely. Um, so I empathize, but let me tune in with my guidance team and let me see what I pick up on that. So just bear with me. I'm going to be silent for probably 30 to 60 seconds here, maybe a bit longer. So just hold on for a
All right, so I'll, I'll start by sharing uh, the two past lives that I was shown. One, the first one I was shown was um, you were an, an elderly woman and uh, this elderly woman had a lot of family around her. She had a lot of wealth. She had a lot of money. This seemed like it was in Europe sometime within the last 400 years here. And she had dementia uh, and everyone was, was taking from her because she didn't know what, what was left from right. She didn't know what was going on. And everyone was just taking from her without her consent. Uh, another, another past life that I pick up that is relevant here is uh, you were a man. I see this looks like in the United States in uh, the early 20th century, around 1930s, 1940s, maybe going into the boomer years of the 50s, um, where it seems like you were driving around, you were a man driving around in a nice suit expensive cars, uh, and then you went bankrupt. Uh, and it seemed like you just spent way more than your means. You had loans and bad checks and things that you didn't pay off in this life. Uh, and it seems like you just were wanted to live this lifestyle in order to like look wealthy um, when you didn't necessarily have everything that you had said and you weren't always honest about it. And I think those two lifetimes are very important. I, I do see another lifetime where you were a little boy in a village in India and you were very poor. You're, you were actually hungry. You didn't really have much food and you would go around and pickpocket. You would pickpocket uh, money from adults in order to buy a little bit of food for your, your family actually as well. And so all these kind of financial stuff in these three lifetimes, you know, conglomerate coincide in this lifetime and really the lesson, if you, I'm sure you probably already intuitive, but the lesson is to be able to be wise with money and to save um, and to make wise long-term financial decisions and actually think, you know, long-term with, with everything and to have a savings fund and all that, which may be uncomfortable to you. It's always been uncomfortable to myself too. I've always felt like, oh my God, I just made $3,000. Let me spend it. Okay. That's uh, a part of my own life's mission as well as learning financial uh how to be smart with money um and i i get the sense that it's similar with you where you just got to override that past life karma that those tendencies to just have it go out and then once you become more wise with it i think you'll also find that it's you stop having so many unexpected events where it makes you just have to liquidate you know what you've already manifested does that make sense and then it's like there, then there's a fear. There's a fear of being greedy because then there's, uh, there's, see, the woman who uh, had dementia, she, before she had dementia, she was really tight with her money and she didn't really want to give it to her family members. And they really resented her. And when she came down with the dementia, they just start taking from her. And there's this subconscious fear that greed will equal dementia and or your family hating and resenting you or others hating and resenting you. So that's something to be aware of. So these kind of all coincide with, okay, learning that it's okay to save money. It's okay to not give so much. It's okay to have and to not have people take. Does this make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, the part where it's okay to have, it's okay to save, and um, not to have to give so much. Yeah, all that makes sense a lot.
what what do you feel like just intuitively um do you feel resonance with any of the the lifetimes that i shared um the the child in india yeah that that scene and then the older woman the yeah. woman yeah 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 what, what about um, the guy who was like uh driving around in a expensive that, car yeah that that it's like as if i knew somebody like i felt i knew somebody and sometimes it not feels that like I that was, okay but As i was an ex yeah okay but i wasn't experiencing it but I, it's like i knew somebody yeah let me yeah. ask you this in this in this lifetime as brenda mm -hmm. how do you feel when you look at like someone like driving down the street with like shiny expensive car with like big shiny rims and like like clearly showing off wealth like just for the point of it I actually, um, it's, it's, it's as if they have a nasty attitude about I'm feeling that I don't like it. Otherwise it's like, Oh, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I'm glad they're, they're happy. They're able to experience that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think cause sometimes like if we have a, a sense of like inherent sense of like, Oh, or like a little bit of resentment, like when we see like that flashiness, it's because in a past life we were that flashiness so it's just something interesting to to look into but i'm glad the other ones definitely resonate with you yeah yeah thank you i appreciate yeah, this a you're lot welcome. grateful you're thank you so much yeah good. awesome thank you brenda good 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 um all right so i know janine had wanted to uh get a reading a long time ago so janine you're still here hi uh, yes i'm thank you laura laura mm -hmm. hi Yes, Hi, Janine. I've got a million questions, so I'm going to have to choose one. Yeah, choose one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my whole life, I've always been in a situation where I threaten people for some reason. I've got a very Wait, good heart. Sorry, sorry. Hold, 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 hold on. Can you just repeat that again, please? Okay. My whole life, for some reason, I tend to threaten people. Okay. Uh, just my presence and that. Just And I've got a very good heart. I welcome people in. I never judge people, whatever they are. But for some reason, just my presence can threaten, even in corporates, I've been pushed out even as the top salesperson or whatever, or being the best worker, somebody, my boss or somebody would want me out. Mm. People come and they look for me and they hunt me and they hate me for some reason. And it's very obvious. Okay. All right, let's All right. see. Thanks. Okay, yeah, let me, let me see what I pick up on that. Okay, so two, two past lives in particular that I was shown. One, um, I see you being uh, a man who was big, big, burly, probably six foot five, six foot six, 285 pounds, a big, big guy. He looked extremely intimidating, but he was 
really soft. He was just kind of a softy and a mama's boy. And he didn't he like to hurt anyone. He never liked to fight or defend himself. He would be forced like on the playground to get in fights and he hated it. And he would always apologize and he would go about life. And he felt always very self-conscious of his size because people would treat him differently. People would, the cops would think he was dangerous. People would think he was dangerous just because of his size. And this is one aspect of what you've experienced. The other aspect is being, um, being a, a smaller man uh, in a different life, a very, a short man. It was like five foot three, five foot, think like Joe Pesci, right? And uh, because of that, he had to really put on this bravado and this, uh, you know, this tough guy like Joe Pesci attitude. And um, to, to, he kind of fought his way through the business world. This was definitely in the United States in the first half of the 20th century. And he had actually become pretty successful, but he would be constantly getting in fights and he'd be constantly picking fights with people in order to prove his toughness. And you found yourself in this lifetime, just like we talk about the pendulum back and forth you found yourself in the middle road kind of in this life where you, I think just because of this past life occurrence, and maybe it's something you do unconsciously, maybe somehow the way that you tend to present yourself or dress or the way, sometimes even the way someone's face looks like there's just some like intuitive signal, like, Oh, this person's like tough or threatening. And you don't mean it at all. You're just this soft, really kind, wonderful person that just wants to hug everyone and get along with everyone but it's the same as that past life with the guy and then it makes you feel like you have to defend yourself which is the same as that past life with the joe pesci like guy and you find yourself with those two lifetimes conglomerating this you find yourself right in the middle so really the lesson is about um, letting go of what others think of you and um, the right people will find you the right people that are able to see you as this loving, beautiful being will find you. And to just let go of worrying about the people who do think you're threatening or whatever, and just smile at them and just, you, you, you never are, you know, you can't ever coax or force someone into like kind of seeing you in a different way if they're not seeing you how you want them to see you. You just got to turn your focus away from those people as much as you can and focus on the people that can see you. And you'll start to, you know, energetically draw in more of those people that can see you. Does that make yes. sense? Yes, thank you. I feel like I've been doing that. I've closed my yeah. mind. Yeah. Yes. Decided I to let certain people in my space now. Yeah, yeah. Good. Excellent, Janine. Well, great. Um, Thanks. I wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, let me know, you know, if you're interested in diving deeper, you know, definitely we can look at one of the packages. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Janine. Thank you. Good. Good. Hopefully it was helpful. Um, hold on one second here. So uh, can we do one more? Sure, one more. All right, Sulis, you want to unmute yourself? Unmute. <laughs> She's like, yeah, we can see you. But go ahead and unmute. There yeah. you go. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, hi. hi. From, hello from Germany. Oh, I, hi. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for staying up late. Yeah, yeah it's late, uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to stay up. Just for you. And oh, for me, thank for you. Alara, I, and for I appreciate everybody it. Else. Okay. Thank, thank <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, I I'm trying to make it brief. Um, um, 
I have been happily divorced for three years now because I was um, um, unhappily uh, married for 16 years, 17 years with, with a narcissist. And um, did you say, sorry, did you said a narcissist? Yeah. Narcissist. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I'm a single mother now of two kids, and my son is now 14, and he's having anxiety disorder and um, and his father my ex uh, until now is still trying to um, um what do you call that um yeah uh, disrespect me and although still like before less but uh, you know verbally or uh, non-verbally um which is not a good energy for me and for my kids. Right, right. So I, I would like to know um, the whole thing about this with my son and my ex, which is at the yeah. moment kind of um, a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let, let, um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to look into the soul contracts uh, between you and your ex. And, um, if, if you're comfortable sharing, it does help me. Just give me a first name of your ex and the first name only of your son, please. First name of my ex. If you don't have, if you if you're not comfortable, don't worry about it. Or just no, it's even, okay. It's even okay. the first letter, even the first letter. So it's it's in the chat. Uh, it's but it was sent only to me, so I will send it to you, Matthew. Just in oh, case. sorry, sorry. I I, I send it in. Okay. In, mm -hmm. Just just send it. If, uh, yeah. All right. So. Um, just give me the first letter. So for the for the husband, it's or ex-husband, sorry, it's a W. And for the son, it's um, first letter is F. Okay, thank you. All right, I'll be back in a minute here. Mm -hmm.
Okay, so um, there's, uh, I, I tried my best to, in a short period of time here, and again, in a, in a full reading, we could go a lot deeper, but um, some of the connections between your ex-partner and, and you in one life, um, that, that soul, the ex-partner's soul was your father, and you were the daughter, and that character was extremely controlling very very controlling would not let you date anyone except who he wanted to and it was based on like business deals basically like the family that had you know the wealth he wanted you could only marry you know that the, that man from that family uh, in another life um it was a bit of the opposite where you your soul was his mother and this is a totally different lifetime and you as the mother was very controlling and you also, you wouldn't let your son date anyone unless you approved of it. You're this strong matriarch, the father passed away and you just held your son with an iron grip. There was another lifetime where you were in the relationship that was your husband and another life, your ex-partner's soul. And it was this really kind of dark, controlling, abusive relationship where actually in that, in that other lifetime, that soul's character had used um, physical, the threat of physical torture um it was that dark and in this life the contract is about you and this uh you and this person having this relationship and you you had the free will to get out at several different points uh throughout the relationship finally you chose to get out when you did but that was what you were supposed to do it was inevitable that you were going to meet this person and, and get a, a relationship with this person because this was in both of your soul contracts. But the question was, when would you finally get out? And once you get out, that initiates the process of healing for both of you. Now, for him, he may be a little bit slower and it may take him quite deep into this lifetime to start to become a better person and start to open his heart. But he will. He'll reach that point at some point where he feels a lot of regret about how he treat, treated people in this life. Uh, and for you, it's about becoming, it's about your throat chakra and your solar plexus, and it's becoming very confident in your own skin. And it's about becoming kind of like a tiger when you need to, um, and not being afraid to really stand your ground. Not, at, not just with him, but with anyone else in your life. Um, so this is the training of how to stand up for yourself, because there's been a lot of lifetimes, not just the one, the ones we talked about, but there's a little, been a lot of lifetimes for you where you did not stand up for yourself. Now, your son, uh, in a past life, he, um, that soul was uh, a male. Your your soul was playing a female, and you were lovers, and uh, it was actually this really wonderful, beautiful relationship, and he treated you very well, and yet he left at some point. And you may always feel this fear of losing your son. Maybe even in the womb, you might have had that fear of like, oh my God, you know, is he going to be okay? Um, and then, um, or, or is he going to just like leave me, just want to get away from me? You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, the other one was, the other connection between your son and his father, and I'm sure there's many, but the one I saw was that they were lovers in a life and uh your ex-partner was a male and your son was a female and she had had this kind of 
control over him because not in necessarily a dark way, but he had like in that life, he had kind of hurt the hearts of a lot of women, but your son's soul hurt him because he just loved her and he couldn't have her. And she always had this kind of control over him that no other women had. And it's almost like your son is this buffer between you and your ex-husband. And it's like your, your ex-husband probably is very nice. I'm guessing when he, I'm guessing pretends to be real nice to your son. Tell me if I'm wrong, but yes, you're right. Yeah. And, and he pretends to be a great dad, but then behind the scenes with you, he's just me. Yeah. You know, and it's all just these other past life relationships playing out here in this life. So really you got to stand up for yourself with him, shield your son as much as you can, as I'm sure you've been doing from any of the negativity between you and your ex-partner it's better to kind of play like, oh, everything's okay, but yet you got to stand up for yourself against your ex-partner when he gets mean. Don't be afraid to talk back to him and don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Not engaging arguments, not creating new things just to test whether you can stand up for yourself, but when you have to, you do. And also in your work and in your life with friends, just learn to stand up for yourself and not be afraid of, of speaking out and you know, not be afraid of being a bit of a bigger person you know, energetically speaking. Yes, that's what I've been uh, trying to do. And, and I've been doing many healings um, on all levels and also for my son. And uh, sometimes I secretly also uh, order a healing uh, program for my ex, even though I used to hate him, but I have forgiven him because this is part of the healing. So. It, it is and you you can forgive someone at the and at the same same time stand up for yourself when you need to yeah. you know it's like you can forgive someone but not let yourself get walked on and that's kind of yes, like the line that you you need to continue to walk um but yeah you know i feel that you're doing really really great work with all this um if you know if you want to dig deeper especially into like things like your your soul mission and your future you yeah, know okay. it would be great to do a, a reading yeah hope you will see each other again yeah yeah thank you thank you so much awesome good so let's hopefully that helps yeah thank you it did sir very much okay yeah you're welcome thank you all right wow that was amazing thank you (laughs) i'm always so i'm i'm always so like surprised by what's going to show up right by what's going to come forward right because you never know you know you you don't know what's going to come forward but there, there was quite a quite a bit that came forward for Sulis and her ex-husband and her son. And the thing is, that was just, you know, you know, a short little, you know, five minutes, two minutes kind of thing. And when when you're in a, in a, in a full on session and you're able to go deeper, you're going to get even more information, you know, and yourself, you will, you will get information yourself if you do the uh, two hour uh, past life regression. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's not just like that. It's fun. But it really opens you up to knowing that so much more is possible and that so that, you know, there are reasons for everything that is happening. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. I was like the first couple of times when I did past life readings or past life journeys or past life regressions, I'm like, I don't know what's going to come through, but it's, it's never going to be anything that you can't handle. 
Exactly. Yeah. You'll, you'll be able to handle it. Um, and by the end, you'll just have this kind of sense of reverence of like, wow, everything all is created from a much higher perspective and it all fits together like a perfect puzzle. And, you know, it's, it's way more complex yeah. than I thought, but yet it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, and you do see the people that are in your current life, you see them in the past lives and past stories yeah. Fu and, and future lives as well. So it's not just the past there are, you know, future yeah. lives as well. You can see, you know, who the people well, are. Playing. Uh, I, I will say that actually uh, we don't go into future lives in the, in the package. Uh, yeah. In, well, no, no, hold on. Let, let, let me clarify. We kind of, sometimes the, like in the soul plan readings, actually there are situations you're right where i will read it happens where it's like this contract is not done in, in not just this life and this will not be able to be totally resolved in this life sometimes someone has a family member maybe they're older maybe they're in their 70s and they're just really obstinate and they're obviously not going to really have this instant spiritual awakening and i can see all right this actually the healing of this contract of, of this karma will continue in the afterlife when one person is in the afterlife and they become a spirit guide for you. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have a future life together where something else will happen. So yes, yeah, sometimes we do even discuss future lives. Yes. Yeah. So who knows what your higher self, what your soul wants you to know at this time, it's not always what our mind, what our ego wants. It's what our higher self and our soul wants us to know. Definitely. That's that's my impression of it all too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's yeah. not always what we want. It's what we need, you know. I, so yes. I, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I know we've already gone over time, but is there anything else that you wanted to share really quickly around you know past lives and ascension? And we've talked a lot about ascension as well. Ah, um, yeah. Because we, we really ahead. didn't touch on touch on uh, how this all. Well, we did. We touch on how this plays into ascension, but. Um, just remember that you're here for a lifetime to work all this out. And, and there's even the possibility that you won't work all this out in a lifetime. And then you come back and you work it out in another lifetime. But, um, you know, the process of, of balancing all this karma, working through your specific soul lessons, and your soul lessons will be based on that past life karma and also based on what you're soul desires to manifest as far as it's your service mission in this lifetime which uh is directly related to the planetary ascension because all of us are light workers in a different way we all have a different role you know your work alara's is, is different than mine and they cross paths in a lot of ways but we each have a different uh niche and we each uh have a different well similar audience here but you know there's people that i reach that you don't people that mm -hmm. you reach that i don't right so we all have our different role in different ways with different people and that's a that's our in the realm of our soul mission and we need to go through our soul lessons in order to get to that soul mission we'll be going through our soul lessons still while we're working on our service mission but at all the the end alchemy of everything is the planetary ascension itself so um just know that all the work that you're doing for yourself all the self inquiry work and if you do this past life regression you do the readings whatever in order to understand yourself better to heal aspects of you that need healing all the work that you're doing for yourself in whatever way you are you're also contributing to the collective mm -hmm. and it's not just a thing that's like seems too good to be true it's very real 
it's very real because although we are individual points of awareness and, and individual fragments of the whole, we are still the whole. We're a drop in the ocean, yet we are the ocean itself as well. So everything I, anything I do to heal myself, I also am helping to heal the planet. Anything you do to heal yourself or to heal another, you're also helping to heal the planet. Anything you do to heal the planet, you're helping to heal yourself. So it's all related. We're one with everything else and we're one with the planetary consciousness itself. So you're not only doing this for yourself, but you're doing it for your family, your ancestral lineage, and you're doing it for others. So if you want to do this work with me, great. If you want to do work in whatever way uh, that feels great to you or whoever teachers, you know, call to you and, and open your heart, that's great too. If you want to read books, you know, books on this, uh, uh, your soul's plan by robert schwartz is a good one also journey of souls mm -hmm. uh, so what's the author Do you remember, uh michael robert monroe sorry okay you monroe is, is the one for okay. journey of souls you have it there? journey of souls yeah yeah i <laughs> i i have it in canada i don't have it here okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have another, read it yeah yeah that's another great one as well yeah um also um one of my favorite books uh there's two in the series um expansion for ascending consciousness Todd Devine. I'm so excited on my YouTube channel. I'm going to be doing an interview with him in October. He's like my favorite spiritual author now ever. Oh, wow. Uh, I haven't heard of him. Todd you got to check out these books, Expansion for Ascending Consciousness. And there's one other aspect I didn't really get into, but just briefly, like um, the past life uh, karma, the past life baggage and, and wounds that you carry, they also manifest as uh, these holes in your toroidal field. So underlying our aura and underlying everything is this toroidal field that's con it's a self-perpetuating energy mechanism that is underlying all of life and you have one and whatever uh happened in a past life that caused a karmic blockage it's there in the toroidal field not only that it's present as a blockage in the back of your chakras mm -hmm. so the front of your chakras is about this life the back of your chakras is about your past lives so it all just like everything it, it all is multi-layered and it all there you see just like we started out talking about birthmarks okay mm -hmm. birthmarks um illnesses disease genetic propensities ancestral karma past life karma deficiency in the toroidal field uh blockages in the backs of the chakras they all relate together um yeah. so just to give uh, people a little bit more understanding of things but those are some good books to check out uh the ones that i mentioned awesome thank you so much yeah. thank you thank you thank you that was awesome i loved it this was such a wonderful conversation and I loved your your mini readings that you did. And you know, it's like you can't really do you know deep work um, on a live like this in a, in a group call because when when you're doing a past life regression, especially that, it's like you're getting the information from the person who is you know giving it right. And so you're asking questions. And oh, so the, yeah. This is a it's a very personal experience. Yeah. I know. So, I know some people do like past life regressions on shows like these i've never done it because i feel it's something very it's so personal and it, it's it's also it really it, you need a guide to do it ideally because if not you you can very easily get led astray to parts different parts of the astral plane different parts of your mind and just get off off mm -hmm. the path mm -hmm. it, yeah. when you're doing it with a past life regressionist or a hypnotist or a guide like myself and, and I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I, I, you know, never studied hypnotism or anything, just a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, I just consider myself a spiritual guide, but I've been doing these for over a decade and I've done hundreds of them. Yeah. So I really know how to guide people to keep them on track, to ask the right questions, 
Um, so, you know, you could try to do it on YouTube, but you're not like very likely not going to go even as close to as deep as you do when you're doing it with someone. Oh, I definitely, definitely agree. Yeah. You definitely have yeah. to do it with somebody and, it, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's, it, it's really yeah. helpful that way. And yeah. what, we record these for people so you can have it as an MP3 forever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I commonly get asked questions. Some people will say like, oh, but I have trouble visualizing. Can I do this? Mm -hmm. I have trouble seeing. And the answer is usually yes. Usually there's ways around whatever blocks that you have in visualization. There's no guarantees that it will be as clear. If you're someone who struggles with visualization, it may not be as clear of a journey as someone who's really good with visualization. Okay, if you can visualize well, if you, if you can visualize, do if you can do a guided meditation on YouTube, you can do a past life regression, okay? No yeah. problem. But if you can't, if you struggle seeing what's being suggested to you, it may end up being more of a feeling journey rather than a seeing, which isn't as clear, but it can be very helpful as well. Yeah. If you have any questions, of course, just ask me, you know, reach out to me or, or Laura and, and we'll see if it'll be right for you. But yeah. for the vast majority of people, you they're able to do it just fine. It, it's like for me, it's like over, I'd say about 96 percent of clients I've worked with have been able to see their journey. Mm -hmm. um, so and what's interesting is when you go back and read or listen to it again, you actually get even more information or yes. you get ahas or you can actually see yeah. more of the correlations, you know? Absolutely. And I, I always yeah. recommend people after they do the journey to journal on it. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I'll, I'll also, now I'll send you the MP3, I'll send you just the notes that I took during it. Um, I try to take as many notes as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it, it, when you listen to it again, it's even better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I highly recommend it. I, I, I'm gonna do one with Matthew. There you go. It's like I, sure, I, yeah, I, I just, to, I just did one last week with somebody, anytime. but I'm gonna do one with Matthew too. So anytime, like, yeah. yeah, anytime. There's always so much more for us to learn, right? And so much more always. for us to be aware of, yeah. right? Yeah, and always. And <laughs> most of us have had like hundreds, if not over thousands, thousand lifetimes. I'm I an old soul. I'm an old soul. Ever, I've been here for a long there's, time. There's a lot of questions about that. A lot of people out there will. And you know me, I'm someone who likes to try to scientifically get the answer to everything. And like, um, there's a lot of people out there will be like, oh, you've got 30,000 past lives. Like, I remember hearing that on the podcast. I'm, like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. What I've seemed to find pretty consistently with people is it's anywhere between 200 and 1300 is kind of the range that I see as far as past lives on earth. But then, you know, if you're a starseed soul, that's not taking into account other experiences in other realms. That's yeah. only taking into account literal physical incarnations yeah. on this earth plane. Yeah, but absolutely. Most people, it seems to be eh, 500, 600 around there. Yeah. And then most, you know, like I've been told and I, I feel it, I've been here for a long time, been and done everything. And so I'm on my yeah, way and, out. <laughs> and, and you, um, as far as like being here for a long time, that's just from the perception of taking linear time yeah, yeah. as a construct where really the reality is you're here, you're in many different places at the same time. This is just one point of awareness. Yeah, as absolutely. We said. And the soul likes to experience many different uh, timelines and parts of different timelines. Like, I, I don't even know if I mentioned this, this life when I talked about my one student who was the uh, wine grower guy who had the orphan friend. Mm -hmm. That was in a different timeline, meaning mm -hmm. that what was going on in the earth 
this was if this was in like the 1500s AD was not the same as what was going on in 1500 AD in this timeline looking at our history books and it's pretty weird to think about that yeah but this is another um another possibility of of how it's it's another complexity mm-hmm. in this whole process but uh and actually this is explained pretty well in expansion for ascending consciousness which you'll probably have to read twice because it's it's just so chock full of information you won't find anywhere else i love that book awesome. but it, it talks a lot about the timelines okay we'll check it out thank you yeah <laughs> uh so no missy sorry we can't do a session like that today we've already been here for two hours and 15 minutes so you know oh no like- i think she was asking like can we do a session like this today without regression, regression? so uh I, 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 well, I do the readings the, the readings the soul plan reading if you get package b yeah yeah I'll, i can read the past size for you where yeah where you don't uh um, oh, yeah yeah that's what she means yeah, yeah, yeah. where you, you where we don't actually do the you don't actually uh lay down and do the regression so get package b if you're interested yeah. in that yeah and and so package b matthew will get all that's the information for yeah. you yeah. Yeah. that's a 45 minute reading yeah yeah, yeah. awesome good <laughs> so so both are possible right the 45 minute reading and the yeah if you get package c you do both package yeah. C. Yeah. yeah awesome thank you thank you thank you this was awesome thank you thank you so yeah, much thank you i, I think I everybody learned a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah good, good. <laughs> awesome thank you so much Matthew and thank You're you everybody welcome, for being for staying with us for being with us for your questions and for just you know listening to this fascinating conversation and just know that so much more is possible for you too you can tap into your past lives future lives parallel lives different timelines all that wonderful stuff between lives it is possible yep. um, and the information you receive is going to help you to have greater clarity for your life now and also assist you in the ascension process that we're all going through right now okay yeah. so please do again take a look at the packages they are available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash matthew seven Woo, that was great thank you matthew yeah thank you for having me again <laughs> it was I, I really enjoyed it as always thank oh, you yeah. so much. it's so much fun all right yep. everyone until next time may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy peace love happiness prosperity and radiant health sending you all much love and blessings always amen bye for now All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye.